our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the No Bad Dogs podcast with me, Tom Davis, America's canine educator. The podcast where we love, live, and of course, work with dogs. Thank you guys so much for listening to me and supporting me and uh, following me along here. I uh, really do appreciate that. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about why my plant is dead. No, no not really, but my plant is dead. That's discouraging. Dying. Anyway, moving forward, um, I want to talk about a conversation I just had with one of my online clients from Arkansas. It was pretty much the discussion of primal instincts and when we as dog owners should be stepping in during these primitive natural uh, type of behaviors. And so what she was having a problem with, for an example, which is relatable to a lot of other problems that people have with their dogs, is we had one female that was mounting the other dogs in a, in a dominant way. And dominant is, is a term, same thing as alpha, that people use a lot, probably overuse, in the dog world, and they kind of just use it and use it and use it. Don't really know what it means. Um, sometimes it's applicable. Most times it's not. But uh, so the dog is mounting, jumping up, putting her her chin on the other dogs, and you know, yeah, I guess being a little dominant. And so her question was, how do you fix that? And the answer is, is you can't. You cannot fix primal instinctual behaviors, and if you do, it's 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 a very stressful situation, very stressful process, and it's a lot easier to just try to do it the natural way and or try to do it in a way that uh, it's not going to be going against primitive instincts because when you try to go against instincts, it really doesn't work out. <clears throat> so moving forward, uh, an example of primal instincts, and just so you guys have an idea is very simple of, of a male that's intact and a female that um, is also intact or not fixed um, when she's in heat. That's obviously a primal instinct that it's not fair to you to try to correct. It's not fair for you to try to be upset about. Um, those are things that naturally happen and uh, nature takes its course and that's unfortunately what happens with behavior sometimes. And that, that happens a lot with aggression. It happens a lot with being protective it happens a lot with um, a lot of different behavioral issues that we see at home, and we try to wave a magic wand, and we try to say, okay, let's not do this anymore, and unfortunately, well, yeah, unfortunately, it's not, it, it just doesn't work that way, and so I want people to understand that there's a couple other scenarios I want to talk about that happens frequently um, that a lot of people have issues with, and I want to talk about that later, but... Um, the best thing to do is try to manage the situation 
Meaning in this particular case, the dog was coming out and just kind of, you know, just showing dominancy, I guess, jumping on other dogs and putting her chin up and saying, I'm the biggest, baddest girl in the, in the yard. And you have a couple of different options in that scenario is you either let nature take its course and potentially have a dog fight, which we, we never want, or you try to yourself correct the behavior. And when we talk about corrections, um, for those of you who are new to the podcast and aren't familiar with me, uh, correction doesn't always mean physical harm. Um, what, what, what sometimes people would, would, would assume a correction is just you're a dog abusive human. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about making the situation that they're doing that you don't like uncomfortable. So they don't want to do it anymore. So that means pulling the dog off. That means throwing a pair of keys at the wall when they do it, anything really to make the dog not want to do that behavior. But while making this podcast is you have to understand that those primal instincts, instinctual behaviors are the hardest things to work with because the dog is, is not basing their decisions off emotion. They're basing their decisions off the chemistry that's going off in their head and in their bodies and their brains of like, this is what I need to be doing. It's like us, when we're thirsty, we drink. Well, I drink beer, but normal people will drink water. No, I'm kidding. I would drink water too. But um, we have to take into consideration like sometimes things happen to us and we're so used to like just following those those instincts that it just happens and we don't really know why and we didn't even think about it. Like when somebody takes a drink of water, it's not it's just because their body is sending signals to their brain that says, hey, I need more water and you drink water. Or if you just get that really hard quench of like thirst, like you need to do that, like that's your body telling you. And so same thing with dogs. And if we know more about that, I think that we'll be less stressed and I think we'll have less problems. And so when you get a dog that is doing these, uh, let's quote unquote dog uh, dominance or something like that, um, you know, the first thing, I told this lady, as I said, look, you know, this is, this is something that I, you don't want to, there's no magic wand here. Uh, it's not like your dog's jumping on the counter and doing unnatural behavior um, or, or instinctual behavior. And yes, to a certain extent, it's instinctual, but it's not necessary um, in their eyes. They're just curious. This isn't a curiosity thing. This is something full blown. Like I got to get on top of you. I got to put my paw here. I got to make you know that I'm, I'm, I'm queen bee where if you jump on a counter, that's just you being curious and dopey and silly. And we can correct those things. Same like walking on a leash. Like, yes, we weren't, uh, we, we need to have a good communication with our dogs on the leash, but there has to come a point where we also let them be dogs and run around and be crazy. But in this scenario, um, like I said, it's, it's important to understand that these types of behaviors aren't something that you want to just go out there and correct and because um, and, and, that could potentially make things worse because if you have a dog that is doing these I'm Queen Bee and, and even if it's a dog that you don't really know that your dog's doing that too, that can create a serious issue with a fight because if you go over and correct that dog or use an e-collar to, to correct the dog or a prong collar, that can certainly make things worse. So for those of you um, who always see and hear the uh, prong callers are terrible because they can do X, Y, and Z. Well, yeah, of course, if you put them in X, Y, and Z situations, they're, they're bound to fail. Um, that's not really fair. But that's one of those situations. For an example, if you, put a, if you put a dog ready to fight another dog in a prong collar and you physically punch them in the face, 
Um, and by that, I mean by giving them a correction. Of course, they're going to redirect on you and make things worse. But no um, professional in their right mind would do something like that. But those are the those are the types of incidences that the people who are against tools or the people who are looking into tools and see those scenarios because you're going to see usually the bad stuff first, which is unfortunate. But anyway, uh, it's important to understand that <clears> – <throat> Knowing the dog's natural instincts and behaviors during time of, of uh, turmoil or during times of stress and things like that is very important because if you apply the wrong correction or tool, um, you could do damage. And so in this scenario, she was basically just looking for um, uh, a magic trick to get the dog to stop doing that. And this happens a lot of times with another online client I worked with where she wanted her dog to be comfortable with dogs she didn't know running after her or up to her um, on a walk or at the dog park or whatever. And so that's another situation is you can't train that. You can't train your dog to like that. There's no training in the world that'll, that'll make that okay with your dog realistically. So... Moving forward, those are some things for the dog trainers out there listening that sometimes you got to take these primal instincts of like, okay, your dog is being aggressive because of this. Or, um, you know, when a client asks you, uh, I don't want my dog to run away. Well, that's, that's natural for those things to happen because chances are your dog's not, you're not, you're not giving a good opportunity for your dog to be a dog. You're not exercising. And and with exercise comes responsibility off leash. So that means you're not training. And so there's a lot of different things that I think um, dog owners that are listening and or dog, dog or I mean dog trainers and dog owners are listening that um, <clears throat> the best way to go against and or to compete with primal instincts is to try to understand it first because I think that that's really important. But also being able to um, not necessarily say that you're going to fix it and not have the the reality in your head or the the thought in your head that you're going to get you're going to take that away. So there's nothing that we can do to say, hey, you're in heat um, and there's an intact male. Don't want to uh, mate. There's nothing that we can ever do to make that happen. It's just we have to manage those situations. So anyway, um, those are some things that I, I really find interesting when we talk about, or when I talk about dog training with, with my clients, um, at my facility or especially online is you can't, you can't take those behaviors away. That's my point. Okay. Have a good day. No, I'm just kidding. But seriously, you can't take those behaviors away and it's unfair and unrealistic to try to even think about that. So, for the dog owners out there that are asking their dog trainers to do these crazy, absurd things that aren't realistic and your dog trainer can't do it, that doesn't mean that they're not good. That means that you're just asking a little too much. And then same thing with dog trainers. The more you explain these primitive primal instincts um, that are being manifested basically through bad behavior um, as your dog showing your dog showing teeth when another random dog runs up after you. And then that's when we'll get the call of like, hey, my dog's aggressive, help. Or... Your dog is mounting um, because it's, you know, whatever, whatever the dynamic of the pack is. That's not, you know, that's not anything that you really can do anything about as, as a dog trainer um, because those are primal instincts. So, yes, you can help manage it and understand it. That's our jobs to clarify things. And so that's, that's really what I wanted to talk about on this podcast is just understanding that there are certain primal instincts that we cannot change and, and we cannot really adapt into non-existing because it's primal. And if you do, 
you could potentially just continue to build that up, which can make things worse. Um, for example, if I told this lady to say, hey, keep your dog separated um, forever and not let it happen, it could build that that tension between the dog that's trying to mount the other dog and demand uh, demand its legacy. It could build some sort of frustration and or potential just hatred towards the other dog because her natural, again, going against natural instincts, her natural instincts is to say, I need to go in there and let that other dog know that I'm, I'm the queen. And if you don't let that happen and or you just avoid it, you can make things worse. So the way that you can manage that situation or the way that you could manage that situation, just speaking off the fly, is um, understanding that you can let that take its course and maybe after the third or fourth time the dog jumped on the other dog, um, the other dog said okay and took a, do- took a submissive state and then that was over. Um, the other thing that you can do is Uh, do the best you can to correct the dog during that time within reason, which means if your dog jumps on another dog constantly, you can correct it in in however way, shape, or form that is appropriate or applicable. In that situation, it's hard telling, not knowing, but um, causing some sort of um, discomfort and or annoyance during that time of the behavior you don't want. And if that doesn't work, you just have to understand that those two dogs can't be around each other as much as you would like. And that's, that's okay. And that's the other thing about this, this whole subject I want people to understand is it's okay if your dog doesn't like other dogs or it's okay if your dog wants to do these types of things. It's a primitive primal instinct that you can't ever take away and probably won't be able to change. Your job is to just understand it and manage it. I think that that's important. So some other things that happen um, a lot of times or frequently is I, I see a lot of fearful dogs looking aggressive. And so I would say 80% of my personal clients, we have a we have a couple other trainers at the academy that work with different things. I stick to what I know and what I'm comfortable with, which is behavior. And a lot of the behavioral cases that I see that that people will come in and they say that their dog's aggressive is in actuality your dog is acting out of fear that looks aggressive, which is a natural instinct that you actually can change. So the first segment, I talked a little bit about things that you can't change, which is my dog humps an intact or female. Is your dog intact? Yes. Well, th- yeah, I'm not changing that and neither are you. Um, you know, my dog shows his teeth when a random dog comes running after us really rudely. Well, yeah, don't go to the dog park, silly. Now we're going to talk about some things that you can change is if you have a dog on the leash that's fearful, right? So you have little Fido that is afraid of things. It's afraid of loud noises. It's afraid of potentially new people in or outside in public. It's afraid of um, all sorts of different stuff, but they shouldn't be. And that's something that maybe they were born with genetically. There's nothing you can really change about that, but you can help develop and build confidence. And so right now we have two or three dogs in our board and train program that are very similar. When they first came in, they wouldn't eat, they wouldn't play, they wouldn't look at us, they wouldn't do anything. But then over time, once they realized that um, we're not going to kill them and that we're not a threat and we're going to we're going to provide only good things. Um, and at that and at that point, we never put any uh, pressure on a dog, which means we never make them work or anything like that. We just kind of let them open up a little bit and then we work them. Um, but anyway, the point is, is if you have a dog that's fearful, those are things that you can help get better because those are, yes, they're natural primitive uh, instincts of I'm afraid my, uh, I guess my defense mechanism or my escape route is to bark and growl and show teeth to this person or to this dog. 
that I'm afraid of in hopes of them going away. At the same time, those are things that you can step in and say, hey, buddy, you don't need to do that. I'm going to actually handle the situation and you're not going to. So you don't have to make decisions. I will. Now, in that case, that's the case where the dog takes a deep breath and goes, oh, my God, thank you so much. I never want to make those decisions again. And that's what we find a lot in the behavioral cases that we work with. So those are some examples of things that you can control, those primal instincts that you can control. Um, It's the same thing with food. Like my dog, like my dog walked into the room earlier and he thought he saw a piece of food on the floor. So instead of looking at me for permission, he just went for it. That's a primal instinct. That's something that I can never teach a dog. That's something that the dog doesn't even know that they're doing. They just act. So they see food and they go for it. They don't ask for permission. They don't, they don't go and analyze it and flip it over and see if it's cooked. They just eat it, right? It's a primal instinct that I can put control over. So I can say, leave it. And the dog says, oh, no matter what, I have to leave it. Or no matter how bad I want this, I have to leave it. So those are some things that you can put obedience on and control over. So I guess my biggest thing about this this episode in the podcast is to understand that I'm not going to talk about them all because that would be boring. Understand that there's certain obedient or there's certain behaviors that are so primal and so instinctual and so natural that you can't train out of. And it's not fair to you to correct and then there are certain things that are, are, are also instinctual and, and inherit and, and natural that you can, but you have to make sure that it's, it's responsible and it's ethical and it's humane and things like that. Like correcting a dog, an intact, two intact dogs for mating is at the time, you know, if they're trying to go after each other, you know, that's not, that's not really what you want to do. You want to say, okay, I get it, buddy. You're going to go in the other room and that's all you can really do. Um, but when we're talking about like food aggression or possession stuff, or just being reactive on the leash because they're nervous, those are some things that you can talk to Doug through and get over. And so, um, that I just wanted to drop that information here for, for anybody out there that has a dog with issues on this sort of stuff of primal versus primal that's uh, manageable or correctable or, um, uh, influenced by the obedience that you can provide. I think that that's important that there's, there's really two differences here when we talk about that stuff. So don't blame your dog for getting nervous when a random dog runs after you and shows his teeth. Don't call me about that. That's something that you need to, you need to actually look at your dog and go, you're nervous. I'm not going to bring you to a freaking dog park. And the other thing is, is, um, you know, having your dog be super, super aggressive towards another dog that they don't know that came over on your property um, you know, that, that your dog wanted to attack the other dog. I mean, a lot of that is, is primal. Yes, it's instinctual, but those are things that you can, you can have a good recall on your dog. You can have a good leave it on your dog. You can have a good, um, stay on your dog and things like that. So those are some things that you can manage. So anyway, so I hope this makes sense. I hope it's just a little bit of information for you guys out there to really start thinking about, um, the dog as an animal in general and what type of behavior they're presenting because it's what they inheritedly think that they want to do or what they feel like they need to do out of instinct. And then also taking the consideration, yes, my dog thinks that they naturally need to do this, but it's something that I think is, is to a point where, you know, what's the difference between I want the steak that dropped versus I need the steak that dropped. So, just a little knowledge for you guys out there. I hope that it, it, it gives you some sort of um, 
information and education on uh, dog behavior and moving forward. And uh, I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to rate my podcasts however you feel applicable. You can follow me on Instagram at Tom Davis. You can follow me on YouTube as well at YouTube slash America's Canine Ed. And I will probably talk to you guys next week with a guest. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. Peace. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.